Good evening and welcome to the Get Football Mercato Show, here every weekday to bring you the latest transfer news from across France, Germany and Italy. I'm your host Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Mike Riccardi from Get Italian Football News, Andrew Thompson from Get German Football News and Jeremy Smith from Get French Football News. We start this evening with finally a confirmed deal that's been <laughs> rumoured all summer long and it's finally gone through and it is that one, Mike, between AC Milan and Juventus with Leonardo Bonucci returning quote-unquote home and uh, Mattia Caldara heading in the other way with Higuain also joining the Milanese with that uh, loan deal with an option to buy. Finally done and dusted. What are your feelings on it? I mean, it seems like we, we talk about it every day, right? But I think... You know, this is such a blockbuster deal. You have Benucci and Caldara, a, a straight swap, valued at 35 million euros apiece, and then Iguain going on an 18 million euro loan with the option to buy for an additional 36 million euros over two installments. Now, I, I think, you know, valued at 36 million euros, Iguain would have to have a fantastic season for Milan to follow through on that. But when you have such issues that Milan did last season with Cutrone and Silva and Kalinic really not being able to find goals, having a guy that season that has scored 15 goals in, I believe, the last five or six seasons in a row, you know, this is a well-added bonus. And Caldara, the young guy, I mean, between him and Romagnoli, that's the future center-back pairing with Daniele Rugani in the mix for the, the national team. So I think it's a great move for Milan. And on the other hand, Juve are getting back Leo Bonucci. It will help bolster their bid to win the Champions League. However, I'm wary of the response he'll receive, especially after scoring that goal in Torino last season and, and you know, sort of celebrating and the fans getting on his back. So I don't know if he will be as welcomed as he once was. That's the really interesting scenario in this one because obviously AC Milan gets stronger and a nice young defender to add to the mix. An experienced striker in, in Serie A who's scored plenty of goals. There's no doubt that they're getting the benefit of this. But at the same time, Leonardo Bonucci it, it, returning home, the celebration they had last season, bits like that. Do you think that, it, as well as it not really being an open arm celebration, at least by the fans to join him, is, is he mm -hmm. still got the quality to be the player that... It, along with Cristiano Ronaldo, be the one to push them over the edge in terms of Champions League? Look, I don't think that Benucci is going to be the one that pushes them over the edge, but it's certainly an upgrade. And, you know, considering the Ronaldo move and other moves they may have in the mix, I, I certainly would put them right now as favorites to win Champions League. Before it would be Real Madrid, but with the players they've lost and may continue to lose, mm -hmm. I would prefer Juve uh, to be favorites. And I think Benucci, while it may be somewhat of an unsettled reception, I think once play gets going, and I think if he can settle in and prove his worth, obviously the Juve fans will get behind him. So I wouldn't be worried too much on that front. Mm, an exciting one to keep an eye on as the season goes on with the sort of almost, uh, you might even call Galactico's version of this Juventus side that we're seeing. Uh, on to uh, breaking news that we have in France. So I'm going to bring you on, on this one, Jez, because we've just had a new story go up on Get French Football News about Yerry Mina, because it's a straight shootout between Manchester United and Lyon for the Colombian. Uh, it's an interesting one. I'll read the whole story. So they're both the two most likely destinations for the central defender, according to 
sources that we have contacted this evening. The situation should be sorted around the next 72 hours. As early as June, Leon representatives had their first contact with Mina's entourage, receiving positive indications about his desire that if he was to leave Barcelona, that it would be to a side offering Champions League football. It was confirmed the player's decision not to seriously entertain persistent contact from Everton about three weeks ago, so they were out yeah. of the running. Um, Mina stalled on top making a move to Ligon, uh, who were provisionally offered Barcelona 30 million euros in order to land the player after being informed in early July of potential interest from Manchester United. It's understood that he prefers the move to the Red Devils, but two stumbling blocks are still in the way. United are hesitating making a formal offer for the player as they're focusing on targets that appear higher up on their shortlist. For example, Toby Alderweireld is still interested in uh, joining Manchester United. The other one as well, um, the the second point of that one would be the Colombian wants a clear understanding of where he would be placed in any side he joins squad hierarchy, wanting to avoid another season of being on the periphery of the first team action, which isn't a guarantee under Jose Mourinho. Uh, Leon, he would receive a considerably smaller salary, but would be strengthened at least by getting a starting berth. Um, Leon, are suitably confident in this sort of realistic chance of signing him, and they've tempered negotiations with Benfica for secondary target Ruben Diaz. There, that being linked for about 45 million euros uh, from the Portuguese side. But I want to get your thoughts on this one, Jez. Yeri Mina had a very good World Cup, obviously, and really struggled to get a starting berth for Barcelona last season, which is why he's looking for the exit door. As long as uh, Barcelona are also looking to free up a non-EU spot, which we might come on to a little bit later, um, but could he be an extra uh, an extra X factor they needed that Leon's centre-back pairing was the worry last season, even though they played Jeremy Morel sort of as a pseudo centre-back, would he help strengthen that defensive line with this Champions League push? Yeah, I, th- I think he definitely would. It's um, For the last sort of two, three years, centre-back's been a little bit of a problem position and there hasn't been that much consistency. They sort of Mamano looked a really good centre-back and then for some reason they sold him last summer and then Diakabi looked a bit promising and sort of lost a lot of form um, over the last season and I think it was quite a bonus that they got a decent amount of money for him. Um, but and as you said, Morel's actually hasn't done a too bad a job there but he isn't really, firstly he's not necessarily a centre-back and secondly he's certainly not necessarily the future um, and Marcelo as well, who had a, a solid season. There's been lots of rumours of him moving to, to West Ham. And again, also not, not necessarily one for the future. And Leon sort of like their, their young players, as, as we may come on to a bit later on. So, um, uh, you know, if, if Mina wanted to go to, to Leon, I think it would, it would be a really good fit for them. They've, they've got a very good history of, of um, sort of doing well with, with South American players, usually Brazilians. But um, you know, the, the, there is sort of um, a past record of, of players from, from that area really succeeding there. So um, I think he'd, he'd be welcomed with open arms. He's, he's proved over the World Cup what, what a solid player he is, how much he can bring at the other end of the pitch as well. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think he's the type of player that, that Lyon have probably been looking for in their defence for a while now. Mm, and that's the interesting thing about this report and this deal, that it seems to be that Manchester United are holding the cards for Leon at the moment, because if they do 
go for Toby Alderweireld in the end that would free up Leon to take on Yerimina. But if they do turn their attentions to the Colombian, then Leon may strengthen their desire at Ruben Diaz, who had a great season, didn't end up playing for Portugal in the World Cup, but it's a very promising centre-back as well. But that's not exactly the ideal scenario for any club to be waiting on Jose Mourinho to be making a decision. But at least for Leon's point of view, they have plenty of time, at least on their side, depending on which one they end up going for. And that that regardless of which one they're going for, they're going to strengthen their back line, which, like we've said, is a a problem issue, Jess. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've got the, the advantage over Man United that they've got two, three weeks longer um, to, to do their deals. So if it if it doesn't happen by the ninth for Man United then and Everton as well, I guess, then Lyon hopefully have sort of a, a free route in front of them to, to get him. But um, it's never ideal when you're when you're waiting for other teams. But I think you know, unless you're one of the very top teams in Europe, you're always going to be waiting for everyone else to or the higher clubs to do their deals and then sort of feed off the scraps that le- that they leave you. It's not ideal for Lyon as one of the top teams in France, but if they're shopping in the same market as um, very big clubs like Man United, then you can understand why why the player might be holding out for the for the bigger club, even though Lyon are also going to offer Champions League football. Um, so it's not ideal, but Olas is a, is a fast master at all these canny deals. And, you know, he's been saying a lot of similar things for Marcelo as he has been for Fekir all summer, which is sort of, he's not for sale, but, you know, he's 90% staying, but. So he's making it clear to people that he'll listen to offers as long as everything else is in place for Lyon. So it looks like, Marcelo will stay unless someone like Mina um, comes in. And that's the interesting thing, isn't it, really, about about the, these French clubs waiting for everyone else. But to be in the same market as, as clubs like that is always a, a positive sign, at least. Uh, on to things in Germany uh, and another defender looking like he may be someone else that's interesting, Manchester United, to add into that mix, um, Andrew, is Jerome Boateng. Again, rumours of him potentially leaving Bayern Munich. Supposedly, they're softening their stance on on the amount of money they're looking for, at least anyway, with Paris Saint-Germain also still interested. There was rumours of a a potential swap deal with Anthony Martial, but that's been shot down by the Bayern Munich hierarchy, hasn't it? It has, and I think it'll be predicated on, you know, how to properly build a squad. Uh, As uh, Karl Heinz-Meninger said, they already have at least four wingers at the club. Um, they're not looking for a fifth. So, you know, the swap deal involving Marshall wouldn't make much sense. Um, it wouldn't have anything to do with uh, his level of ability. We all know the kind of potential he does have as a player, but um, it's not what Byron need to really uh, um, you know, improve the squad moving into the season. Um, and it's looking like he'll be going to PSG. If he does leave, that's what the rumor is, the, the heavy rumor involving it's more like a destination. Personally, I still, I'm, I'm wondering where they're going to take it, though. However, uh, you know, there's not been a lot of talk about how they're looking to replace him. Um, and if he does go, they'll have two first-team center backs at the club remaining uh, moving into the year. Um, potentially, maybe some calls from the under 19s. Uh, as I said before, uh, Mario Gotz's younger brother is at the club, and he's a center back. So they might look to that, but that would still only leave them with three. Pretty light um, for a team who... Um, has perennial ambitions on uh, winning the Bundesliga and also challenging in Europe. So um, I also do feel that 
Man United better look elsewhere. Um, as I said before, uh, you know, I think Boateng is regressing. Uh, I think he saw a little bit of that uh, this summer for Germany. And I think uh, we look at the uh, last club season as well. Uh, there's a reason why uh, Nicolas Sula played you know, the most uh, matches for any center back at the club, including Mats Hummels. So um, and he certainly featured more than Boateng did. Um, and I think Bayern were at their best when it was Sula and Hummels instead of uh, when Boateng was in the mix. So uh, I think there's a reason why they're softening their stance, as you say. Um, if the right bit does come along, I think he will leave. Um, I just feel, even though I'm an Arsenal supporter, I'm looking out for United and saying I think they're better off looking elsewhere. I don't. I think Boateng's best years are certainly behind him, sure. Even though he's not even 30 years old yet. And th- you make an interesting point as well, Andrew, when you mentioned that, that if Jerome Boateng leaves, they they are a little bit more short in defence. And we'll talk about a player looks like he's on the leave as well um, in midfield. And, and they've had a couple of players there linked to moves away as well. They talk about, well, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge is, is saying about the balance of the squad from and why they wouldn't bring in Martial. But at the same time, they seem to be weakening other areas to the point where um, they don't have the depth that they usually have. Is that a, a worry for Bayern Munich fans? I think it could be. Um, obviously, it's an attractive destination, you know, um, and th- there's plenty of centre-backs center in the Bundesliga that they are interested in. Um, there's been more of Benjamin Pavar, you know, from Stuttgart, but that's been ruled out as a potential move they're going to look at this summer. So I'm not quite sure where they're going to take it. You know, the, the backup option you could maybe see them doing would be something similar to what happened to Pep moving, having Martinez back at centre-back. But... Um, Another potential is uh, if Niko Kovac does go with a back three that you saw at Antwerp Frankfurt, then he might be satisfied with rotating Sula and Hummels as as the center of the, of the back three, and then utilizing someone you know like uh, Joshua Kimmich or David Alba as the, the left or right center backs um, in the back three, and then you know Bayern obviously have a lot of wingers, so um, they could look for wide plays elsewhere. I'm not quite sure which direction they're going to go. Um, that's going to be down to the manager. But if, if they do stay with the preferred formation that we've seen over the years, then they're light. And as you say, it's a little bit puzzling why they would um, shun away uh, a move for a winger, even though they're overloaded there, obviously, but then not try to really um, shore up the defense while letting their you know most senior center back go. So... Um, I don't necessarily, like I said, I don't know where the business is going. I'm sure they have something up to see if they usually do. Um, but time will have to tell. And the season's right around the corner, so the sooner they get it done, the better for them. Yeah, and it, I feel sorry for Javi um, Martinez a little bit, thinking that um, if Boateng was to go and he maybe was then brought into centre-back to be more of covers there then weakens the midfield with another midfielder going and, and you start thinking well maybe it's the arrogance of of being ahead for the Bavarians and maybe it might catch up on them this season we shall wait and see on to our focuses now and starting with Serie A with you Mike and there's some plenty of reports out this evening for us and, and one Big one, at least, anyway, again, for Juve fans that are still looking at adding to their squad, supposedly. And, and Cristiano Ronaldo has been whispering in some ears, very LeBron-esque, as you may expect from the <laughs> Portuguese maestro. But um, supposedly he's lobbying for one of his old Real Madrid teammates to be joining him at, uh, at Juventus this season. Yeah, so reports started coming out the, the day that Ronaldo joined Juventus that he was trying to lobby to get Marcelo in the Bianconeri. And... Now, you know, you have French outlet L'Equipe really reporting tonight that that's sort of picking up and Ronaldo continues to push for Juventus to go after Marcelo. Now, if that were to if that were to happen, and again, we're still in the very early stages here, but if that were to happen, that would be the guy that would push them over the edge 
to winning the Champions League. And then sort of going along with that report, their number one guy at left back right now, Alexandro, who was reportedly supposed to join Chelsea last season, that deal fell through. He was previously linked with PSG and Man U earlier. And then, you know, he looked, rumor said it, he was keen to stay with Juventus after Ronaldo was signed. But it looks like if Marcelo is to come to Juve, then PSG could throw a 50 million, uh, 50 million euro bid for Alexandro. Yeah, and it's so then it's almost like a, a merry-go-round swap deal, isn't it? They then use that money to bring in the Brazilian. But at the same time, while he's an excellent player and has been in the Champions League for the last couple of years, had a bit of an up-and-down World Cup, obviously, because of injury at the same time, mm-hmm. is this another sort of blockbuster move? Because Marcelo's not getting any younger either, and left-back positions are one of those moves where when they do hit the brick wall, they hit it hard at the same time. So mm-hmm. is it still much of a risk for the Bianconeri to, to be going for someone like that instead of keeping someone who is a little bit younger in Alexandra? I would I would say it's a risk because he is getting older and he like you said he does have that risk of hitting a brick wall but Alexandra mm-hmm. just came off a, a very down year at Juventus he was not in in good form throughout the season so if you know if they're serious about making this push look everybody knows they're the heavy favorites to win their eighth straight Scudetto but they want to win the Champions League and Ronaldo is around the same age as Marcelo so you know you have this short window to do it and I think you know they would like to pull that trigger and really go after it it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that and see if he does join um on to uh, news i was actually speaking yesterday that there wasn't much news about belotti potentially moving anywhere but here we go a day later and there's all of a sudden he's back in the headlines and it's napoli who were reportedly interested in the torino striker tell us a little bit more about a potential deal for him mike so il gallo has already agreed to a five-year 3.5 euro million euro a season deal with napoli and that's being reported by crisitello um However, Napoli are, are keen to offer 50 million euro and Torino are asking 65 million euro. And if this sounds familiar, it's because last season you had the clubs like AC Milan going after mm-hmm. Andrea Bellotti and Torino last year were asking 100 million euro. Obviously, that price has gone down to 35 million euro as what has Bellotti's performance last year or two years ago. Excuse me. He scored 26 goals and just this past season. He only scored 10. So obviously, you know, dropping 16 goals in between seasons also hurt his his transfer market and his worth. Um, You know, I think if he were to go to Napoli, he would be the head guy there ahead of Milik. Um, In Napoli, obviously, after losing their coach and players like Jorginho and Pepe Reina are trying to sort of recuperate because as it stands right now, I would actually pick Inter to give Juventus the biggest challenge for the Scudetto, not Napoli. And they definitely need some reinforcements there. On to more news as well for potential incomings for Serie A. And a move that looks like it's getting closer and closer again for Fiorentina, who've done some nice business this summer. But an mm. interesting one in Kevin Morales potentially joining La Viola. What do you think to that kind of move, Mike? Is that another one that pushes Fiorentina more towards the Europa League sort of positions that they want to be in? I, you know, I'm not so sure with Morales. I don't think, you know, it's a guarantee that he's going to be super useful, but there's potential there. And for the price they're asking, it's a risk worth taking for sure. I mean, it looks like whether they do the loan with option to buy or just a straight out deal, given his age at 30 years old, 
For 2.7 million euro, it, it's not a big risk to take. And after a few years now of Fiorentina selling their top players and obviously the dismay that comes with it from the fans, bringing in somebody like Morales should help the club, help them get along. But I don't know that he will be, you know, their their lead guy on the wing. Obviously, they have Federico Chiesa. They just uh, signed Gerson on loan from Roma. The youngster has a ton of potential. So I, I see him as a squad guy sort of rotating around who has potential to score goals. But over the last five seasons, Morales' goal tally has gone down. Last year, he started out the, in, the, uh, the season injured, and then he went on loan to Olympiacos where he didn't do much. Um, so I don't think it's this guarantee that he could help them get closer to the Europa League, but at the same time, 2.7 million euro isn't a big risk to take. It would be interesting to see how we get on uh, on to things in France now, Jezebel. There's some really interesting deals happening potentially there. Again, it's outgoing somewhere whenever you seem to come on, Jezebel. And, uh, and the first one is potentially for Rashid Gazal. There's interest from a number of English clubs, including Leicester, Southampton, a couple more, um, interested in bringing the, the former Lyon man and now Monaco man into the fold. What do you think for a potential deal for him? He, he was sort of a strange move for him to head to Monaco last season, knowing that he was pretty much going to be a backup role. Uh, it obviously ended up being that didn't really impress an enormous amount, but uh, a useful player for the Premier League sides. Uh, useful at his best. He's more than useful as worst. He's a lot less. Um, he's one of those players that, sort of goes through phases of, of playing well. There were, you know, a couple of different times at Lyon where for, you know, maybe six weeks to a couple of months he was he was more or less unplayable. And then he goes through months of complete averageness and I know that's not a word, but I can't think of the right words. But um, you know, he's he's now at the age where he should be turning up a lot more consistently and certainly Lyon fans didn't um, shed any tears when he left there, and he and he didn't do anything really at Monaco to sort of justify the the, the gamble that they took on him. So, for, you know, for teams like Leicester or Southampton, if if he sort of bucks up his ideas, he definitely could be a, a clever signing. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily want him to come to my club, and I w- I wouldn't be relying on him as a as a sort of my first choice right winger or whatever who's gonna do a job for me week in week out um he's he's shown too many times that he's he can't be trusted to do that unfortunately mm-hmm. and you look at you know if Leicester are thinking he's going to be a like flight replacement for Mares and they're way off the mark mm-hmm. and if Southampton think he's going to be an improvement on Buffal in terms of attitude they're not that dissimilar. I think Gazal's attitude is slightly better than Buffal's, but um, relatively similar character traits, I think. Maybe an interesting one to keep an eye on because I couldn't understand them potentially replacing Mares with Gazal given his season. It doesn't feel like it's quite um, the level that they want to be. Uh, onto, well, they are looking at other players, obviously, Leicester City. A few names have been thrown <coughs> into hat, but another one is, is Nicola Pepe, who obviously interested Newcastle last season, had a, a decent second half of the season for Lille as well. Is he someone that could improve what looks to be building at the Foxes, a side that's, that's looking to challenge for Europa League football? Yeah, I, th- I think he could. I mean, to be, I sort of hold up, 
hold my hands up on this one. This time last year, I when Lille signed him, I thought complete waste of money. I'd never been that impressed with him at Angers. I thought he was a sort of Theo Walcott like head down, run for the byline, but not really have any kind of idea what he was doing with with the ball. And then he came in. Bielsa brought him in at Lille and was playing him more as a, a centre forward, which I thought was even more of a mistake. But as the seasons developed, I think he's he's improved immensely and wouldn't say was carrying Lille, but he, he came up with a hell of a lot of important goals for them. And in what was a really tough season for a lot of young players, both on and off the pitch, he's one of the ones that sort of really stood up, really kind of showed that he's got, I guess, the, the metal to, to deal with difficult situations and rather than hide away, actually sort of... Um, seemed to kind of improve as the, as the pressure mounted and uh, yeah I've been really impressed with him and you know he's still relatively young I think he could I think he's he's one who could thrive in the Premier League and it's it's good to see a bit of redemption for him really it obviously cost a lot of money um, and didn't hit the ground running at all at Lille and didn't really I think justify it from Angers I think I absolutely agree with you Jess but um, good to see him maybe on that redemption arc oh, an interesting one coming out of Leon again with obviously them looking at Yaremina. They've brought one in and one out over the last couple of days, or, or at least one rumoured to be going out. And we'll start with the youngster coming in. Uh, Rio Griffiths um, been looked at by a number of clubs across Europe, the Englishman, the youngster. Um, an interesting signing again for a club Legon that love playing young players. It's a chance for him to maybe shine over the next couple of years. It is, but I'd, I'm, I'm not sure what all I was thinking is not not to sort of detract from from Griffith's ability at all. I mean, I think he's got 34 goals in 34 games for, for in the youth league, so he's clearly got a hell of a lot of ability there. But it's not like Lyon are short of um, talented young strikers that that are coming out of their out of their development centre. They've got Guiri, who again had a really really good youth tournament with France last week. Um, off the back of the one last summer, I think, where he scored nine goals in four games or something ridiculous like that. They've got Maulida, who's, who's possibly rumoured to be leaving. So, as well as the you know the the first team players they've got and Terrier, who's been on fire in um in preseason. So, it, it's not like they're struggling for strikers. So, it's it, yeah, it's sort of a bit of a an eyebrow raiser that they've decided to bring in such a young be a talented player f- from abroad when usually they don't need to do that because they're the ones that are producing the, the young talent that everyone else in Europe is, is sort of looking at jealously. Mm, and and the knock-on effect of like you say those many of those young players doing so well in this in the summer over the pre-seasons and the different international tournaments and bringing in um young Griffiths as well is, is that now other clubs are looking at some of their other players like Maulida who's been linked with a potential move to Newcastle United it sounds a little bit funny given that we know the Magpies have been struggling for for cash flow this summer and uh, attracting players in because of that does it seem like a little bit of a a bridge too far kind of move for you Jez? Uh, I think it depends what Olas wants to sell for um, you know earlier in the summer w- Willem Goebbels who's the other one of the the sort of three names that are really coming out of Lyon a lot, Goebbels, Guiri and and Maulida. Goebbels wanted away, or his his dad did, depending on what what stories you read. 
Um, but Lyon still managed to get about 20 odd million for him from, from Monaco. And Newcastle don't have the same kind of money as Monaco. But if, if that's the kind of money that Olas wanted to, to sell one of his young players, there's, there's no reason why he's going to suddenly sell another one at a big discount. So, you know, I, I completely understand Malida wanting to leave. He's, he's 19 now. It's about time he started getting a, a few more first team chances. But Olas isn't going to give him away. So, I think Newcastle may struggle if you know if they're they're not willing to to splash the cash. They may struggle to bring him in. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they did let him go. I couldn't imagine Malida. He got a couple of first team appearances, didn't he? And I know he's eager to to get started, as many players probably in that Leon squad are willing to do. But maybe just bide your time a little bit, young one. We'll wait and see. Uh, on to things in. Germany now for, to finish off in the Bundesliga with yourself, Andrew. Uh, and the big news today that's a shift again, it's a, a Barca swooping in in front of a Serie A team again. And we'll bring you with Mike on that in a moment. But um, Arturo Vidal looks to be set to heading to the new Camp, which kind of came out of nowhere um, around 30 million euros. What do you think to the move? I think it's good for both parties. Um, you know, uh, we mentioned before that Bayern are a little light on centre backs and. Uh, they're overloaded on attacking players potentially, but they're also, for me, overloaded on, on central players. Uh, Ronaldo Sanchez came back from his loan. Uh, James Rodriguez is still at the club. Then you, uh, they brought in Leon Goretzka this summer. Quentin Tolisso, Thiago, Sebastian Rudi, you know, Javier Martinez, they're all central players still at the club. So that's you know, seven or eight, honestly. And there's been rumors around Vidal maybe heading for the exit door for about the last year, honestly. So um, he's 31 now. Um, and if he doesn't suit Niko Kovac's plans, if he's not the midfielder that he wants to necessarily build the team around moving forward, then I think the move makes sense, and it's hard to get a better move than Barca, honestly. And um, For me, I know that Barca has a couple of injuries in midfield as well, but I think he's a, the type of midfielder they, they might actually need at the moment. You know, he's Obviously, he's a, he's a pit bull in midfield. You know, he presses very well he wins the ball back well but uh he does have a bit of creativity about him and he does have a goal in him as well and i think any additional residual goal scoring that barca can get um you know past their their forward line i think would, would help them in a great deal and um, there's also been questions around how long even Rakitic is going to remain at the club um i think uh, sergey semper is injured currently and Dennis suarez as well and there there was talk about andre gomez leaving the club so um if you know I think I guess it makes sense, honestly. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's hard to to get a better. You can't really go up from Bayern, really. And I guess Real Madrid and Barca is one of the two you can. He's done that, and like I said, he's thirty-one now, so this will be his last deal, honestly. By the time he's done, he'll be thirty-four or thirty-five, and he'll be looking to retire after that at some point, I assume. Yeah, I don't think he'll be minding it too much. It's been an interesting trajectory for for Vidal, hasn't it? From Juventus to to Bayern Munich to Barcelona, it feels like he's he's taking a little bit of a nudge up the ladder every single time. Looking for him, and it, it's strange that we thought that the non-EU spots for Barcelona were being spared for other players, and then the the Chilean maybe speaking at one. But I want to get your view on this one, Mike, as well, because obviously he was pretty close to joining Inter, and he was seen as sort of Plan B should the Modric deal not really happen. But now, out of anything, that seems to be probably their primary focus into now to, to move on from this deal and focus solely on somehow pulling off this deal for, for Luka Modric. For sure. And I think, you know, in terms of Inter going after Luka Modric, 
Modric wants out of Real Madrid, and why not go to Inter? They have three other Croatians between Perisic, Brozovic, and now Versalco going there on loan. And, I mean, obviously, for those of anybody who watched the World Cup so saw how dangerous a midfield with Perisic and Modric can be. However, you have Real Madrid's president, Florento Perez, saying that if any club wants Luka Modric, they're going to have to pay the 750 million euro release clause, which is just astronomical. Nobody's going to pay that. Um, but you have Sky Sport Italia reporting that there is supposed to be a meeting next week between Modric and President Perez. So maybe there could be ground made there. But in my opinion, personally, and maybe I'm being too harsh on Inter because I'm a Milanista, but it looks like waiting for Vidal to be plan B is sort of biting them in the rear. They're going to miss out on him now. And I, it's still a pipe dream in my eyes for them to land Luka Modric. So in this limbo of trying to go after him, I think they're lo losing out on a really solid midfielder that could bolster them to challenging Juve for the Scudetto. It's it's quite the bump up in price as well. I, I have to do some wrangling quite considerably, really, for him to to think even fathom trying to pay that amount for for any player, never mind someone as as talented on as Modric. But back to things in Germany and a player we've spoken about a number of times this summer already. Andrew is Ante Rebic. Um, supposedly, there's been no offers as of yet, for example, for the Manchester United target. But um, rumours that there's other clubs now waiting in the wings to to maybe make a move on the Croatian. Yeah, and it's um, again, it's <laughs> we have to mention teams maybe trying to, to lighten the load. Uh, there's, I mean, there's an overhaul going on at Antwerp right now with uh, Nico Kovac leaving and Adi Hutter coming in. Uh, they have a massive first team squad at the moment. So uh, some people do have to be sacrificed in, uh, in terms of uh, center forward and attacking options. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt are more or less support for choice there. Um, they just brought in Gonzalo uh, Paciencia from Porto. Uh, Luka Jovic has another year left on his contract. Sebastian Aller came in last season. Um, they just brought in Nikolai Müller from Hamburg, and they got they were relegated last season. So yeah, they're not short there. Um, I mean, I, I don't watch enough La Liga to know if Rebic would suit Sevilla uh, for what Pablo Machin wants to do. Um, but I do rate him as a player, although I think for me, the question will be around him in terms of he's a very system-specific player. Um, he was up and down for, for Eintracht Frankfurt, and I think you know, people will look at his performance in the German Cup final and say, you know, well, that's what he can do. And I don't think it was poor this summer uh, in the World Cup either. I thought he was actually pretty solid in all respects. But uh, last season in the Bundesliga, he... He was he was great at some points and he was poor on another and I don't think it uh, came off well from from Fiorentina either. So um, I think for me, if if Sevilla can you know bring him into the side, if if he does move to Sevilla and uh, if he fits what they're trying to do from a tactical approach, then I think it would be a sensible move. Um, with that said, uh, that's the question that has to be answered in um, in terms of his Eintracht future. Uh, the question there will be if will it be utilized the same way or will he be just chucked out on the wing uh, or if it be used you know through the middle there's a lot of questions about his future in terms of where he's going to be playing how he's going to develop because he's still only 24 um, so yeah it's a, well, it, this is the thing isn't it for Frankfurt it's a great chance to cash in on someone that's obviously had a decent World Cup and shown everyone else what you can do it's maybe their chance to use that money save up a little bit keep building this squad and become a stronger unit because of it. On to the final deal 
tonight, and it was finally completed. We, we, we talked about it last night a bit, but Max Meyer is now a Crystal Palace man. Not where we expected him to go here by any means, Andrew, but is this maybe a chance for him to start completing his redemption arc, having given um, the sort of strange sort of end of the season that we had with the, the bullying accusations and expectations to go to Barcelona? It's quite different at Selhurst Park to the camp now, but uh, a chance for him to maybe regrow his career. I don't know if it's necessarily him regrowing his career. Um, Meyer is, I'm trying to think of how to put this uh, diplomatically. Uh, he's very self-assured as a footballer. Uh, obviously he came through um, at Schalke with uh, a lot of promise um, and through the, you know, the, the German youth system as well, you know, under 19, under 21, he was excellent for them. Um, but it never really came off once he made his breakthrough. You know, he came through as um, a central attacking player, um, he didn't really thrive in that role. He was tried on out wide. He didn't thrive there. Um, Domenico Tedesco comes in um, as new manager last season uh, and p- moved him into a deeper central role, uh, similar to what happened with Santi Cazorla at Arsenal. Um, and he had a much, much improved um, season over the course of the year. Um, he led the Bundesliga actually at quite a number of statistics that would show that he suits that, that role. Um you know, but then you have the bullying accusations, and he, you know, he didn't want to sign on, so he's been forced out of the club, or he has also, he has also left the club. So, um, for me, the issue with Meyer is that I think he personally wants to be the focal point of a team, and if you go to somewhere like Crystal Palace, and again, this is no disrespect, but he comes in, um, and he's the player that people want to talk about most at that club. You know, apart from the likes of Wolfgang Zaha, um, and he he's a player that you can build around. Uh, the other clubs he was mooted to going to, he wouldn't be that key building block in those sides. You know, likes of Atletico Madrid, even those those Barcelona's Arsenal as well. There are bigger names than him on in those teams. There's there's more important pieces uh, to the puzzle. But at Crystal Palace, because he's still only 22, you know, they can build around him in that midfield. Um, and I think that's kind of what he wants. And um, there was rumors that he his agent was asking for 170 thousand pounds a week, and I think that's astronomical. And I, way over the top. I don't think he's worth that much, but um, I think you can look at his potential as a player and say that if you can if you can get back on track, um, then it's a steal for them, especially because he's on a free. Um, but that'll be the question, because how Roy Hodgson's going to use him, that'll play a big role. Will Hodgson play a, a heavy pressing style that Tedesco played at Schalke, and that's what allowed Meyer to thrive in that deeper role? If he doesn't, you know, he might fall there. It's going to be used as more of an attacking player, and we've seen him struggle there. And obviously, the bigger question is the Premier League is a different animal than the Bundesliga. So there's a lot of questions around it. Um, but apart from the wages, because it was on a free, you know, Palace didn't make a massive investment. Um, if it doesn't come off, you know, they can always just move him on, and they'll likely someone else that would take a chance on them but um in terms of him wanting to be the star man i think this is the right move for him but um there's still a lot of questions for him to answer on footballing terms in terms of rebuilding his career like you say Mm, low risk high reward potential move isn't it looking at it and and potentially a move that might just about convince Wilfred Zaha that it is his place to to stay rather than move on from Uh, that's all that we have for this evening my thanks to Mike Andrew and Jess for joining me this evening as well as all of you at home of course Uh, please do join us again tomorrow for more from the crazy world that is the transfer window thank you have a good night